So most personal development isn't personal development, it's personal reinforcement. And let me explain. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses, and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Drew Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute. I essentially help people to kick ass. That's really what it is. You've probably heard the intro before, but I thought I'd do something different. My job is to help people kick ass in life, crush it, get their goals, live the lifestyle that they want and optimize their mental performance and also their business performance. So let's get into this episode because this is something that's really important to me. What I find is that a lot of the time there is this idea of self-development and the self-development industry as a whole is a great industry and you know, you've got fields of personal development as self-growth or psychology or psychotherapy. You've got fitness, that's part of it as well, strength training, strength conditioning, all of those things. So really it's all helping to make people better or improve their life in some way, shape or form. But the problem is, is that the personal development industry in most cases isn't about personal development. It's about personal reinforcement. And the reason why I say that is because when I look at what development is, in order to develop something, you've got to grow it. Now, in order for something to grow, it needs pressure and stress. So if someone wants to grow and they want to get better results and they want to develop themselves or they want to develop their business, they need pressure and they need stress and they need it in the right way, in the right format, with the right volume and the right intensity to push them forward. A lot of the principles that I take around mental performance and human performance comes from the fields of sports science or even strength and conditioning, personal training, whatever you want to call it. So if you look at it, you've got different areas like of fitness. So let's say you've got flexibility. Now, it's very hard to do certain things. Let's just say if you're a strength competitor and let's say you're someone who is doing a squat. Now, if you don't have the flexibility to squat properly, you're not gonna be able to load yourself effectively. So you're not gonna have effective load, especially if your back starts rounding and you've got all these issues. So you need to have flexibility because flexibility is also important for strength. But knowing how much flexibility versus how much strength is the job of someone who is really good at their art in strength and conditioning. Now, if you're too flexible, that might limit your ability to lift heavy. So there is a whole bunch of different factors there that you've got to be aware of. So you've got flexibility, you might have something like strength. So strength is also another critical factor. You also have endurance. So if you're someone who's like a strong man or a strong woman, strong person, whatever the fuck you want to call them these days, I don't know what's politically correct, but let's say you're doing a strong man competition and you've got to lift something and you've got to walk it a long distance. Not only do you need the strength to be able to lift it and the power to be able to potentially throw something, but you might also have to have the endurance where you operate under a, a period of time of that lactate threshold, or I guess you could call it that burning of the muscles and so on. So that comes with a bit of endurance as well. Now, I'm not going to go in depth into this stuff. But my point is, is that there's multiple different areas. So some people have a strong mindset, but they have shit flexibility in mindset. And so I've taken those same core principles from exercise and physiology and taken it to the mindset. And this is the way I work with a lot of people. I haven't really spoken too much about this and I've never heard it before spoken about in the personal growth and personal development industry. I'm sure you'll hear a lot more about it because there are a few people, coaches and so on, who listen to my stuff. So I'm assuming that they'll start using these terminologies. But when you have a look, there is about seven or eight key areas for physical performance. So if you're not mentally flexible, which means you're not mentally adaptable, but you've got mental strength, that's great because you might be able to push through things, but your ability to adapt is really, really shit and it hinders your results. If you're someone who has a lot of mental strength, but you don't have mental power to go in those short bursts at high intensities for a really quick period of time, 
and that period of time might be a couple of hours or whatever, then you might be lacking mental power. So there's mental power, there's mental strength, there's mental flexibility. You also have agility. So agility is the ability for the body to be able to move in different directions and change that direction really, really quickly. Now, some people don't have the mental agility where they can change situations really quickly and adapt to certain environments. So that can impact their results. You also have things like balance. So some people don't have mental balance. They don't know how to balance themselves out. So they'll go for periods of elation or excitement where they want to have fun and they're really enjoying things, which is an elated state, a heightened state. And then they crash and they burn and they fall into ruts and then they get all depressed and shit. Then they go through that for a while. Then they get pumped up again and then they get elated and excited. And so they don't have consistency. So they're lacking mental balance, which also lacks emotional balance. So when you understand these areas of physical performance, you can also understand mental performance at a whole nother level, which I've never ever heard anyone talk about before in any field of personal development, personal growth, or even psychology. But I believe that all of these things are really, really important to achieve great things. Now, when we're talking about personal development, in order to develop, you have to know where your gaps are. And you also have to know that in order to grow those areas, it's going to create some stress and it's also going to create some pressure or you need to have some pressure in that area. A lot of personal development isn't that though. What it is, is it's personal reinforcement. So let's say you have a whole bunch of stressed out people. Then what most people say is you need a holiday. So you get someone who's really, really stressed, you put them on holiday. Did that help them deal with the stress or did it help them deal with the mental pressure? Or did it just remove it for a short period of time? Now, if you have a look at one of the greatest tools that humans use right now in the westernized world for dealing with stress, it's alcohol. Or it's, if you have a look at drug consumption in the US and Australia, Painkillers are one of the most consumed drugs. So now why do most people consume painkillers? Because it deals with mental and emotional pain and a lot of physiological pain is psychosomatic, which means that it has a strong correlation or a link to the way that people think and their mental stresses. And you can talk to most self-aware individuals who work in the healthcare industry and they know this stuff for sure. That's why the doctor normally, if they're half decent, will ask you if you come in there, How's your stress levels been? That's very, very common. Why? Because it plays an impact on your physiology. There is a very strong correlation between how your mindset works and how your body works. And so a lot of pain in the body gets amplified or a lot of problems in the body get amplified, especially under high levels of mental and emotional stress. So going on holiday may remove that, but that doesn't mean that anything's going to change. To me, it's just like saying, you know, you walk into the gym, you lift something that's heavy. And instead of getting stronger at lifting that thing, you just go, you know, I'm just going to avoid lifting it. I'm going to go on a holiday. So you go on a holiday, but that doesn't make you any stronger. It essentially just gives you time away from that thing. I'm not saying that holidays don't help, providing that you use them effectively in order to learn, to grow, to adapt, and to use it for a way of bettering yourself and enhancing yourself. That's different from going away to escape. And most people use holidays as a way from escaping their problems, their pain, their stress, their pressure, and the things that are trying to force them to grow and are trying to force them to better themselves or to learn something about their lifestyle or the decisions that they're making in life. So a lot of what people call personal development isn't personal development, it's personal reinforcement. Let's say you go to one of them retreats. I mentioned this before on the podcast. You go to one of them retreats. It's one of those retreats where guys get together and they all hug themselves and cry and shit and you know, hug themselves in water and all that stuff. That's great because it brings out their feminine energy, but it doesn't help them to be more masculine. It doesn't help them to problem solve. It doesn't help them to really deal with anything. A lot of the time in this day and age, we're solving masculine problems with feminine solutions which I've spoken about before on the podcast when I've dealt with people in the military, they're told that they need to keep speaking about their problems. But every time I ask someone in the military, do you want to solve the problem or do you just want to talk about it? And they'll say, I just want to solve the fucking problem. And they say, I'm sick of talking about it. And they know that the more that they talk about the problem, the more it just keeps reinforcing itself over and over again. 
But unfortunately, for most fields in the mental health space, that's the only tool that's available. So there's just a lot of shit that doesn't work right now and it's not working yet. People keep justifying it. And I'll have people who attack me on this podcast about this, but you know, I don't give a fuck because I'd rather work with people who have achieved great results than have people who like me. There is a lot of stuff out there. Like if you have a look at the mental health space, there's all this shit like, are you okay day? Now asking someone, are you okay? Yeah, cool. That's cool. Like, no, I'm not. Now what? What do we do now? Cool. So you post that shit up on your Facebook page. It makes you feel better about your life. All the people who are posting shit about Are You Okay Day and, you know, Movember and Mental Health Awareness Month and all this sort of shit, 99% of them have no fucking idea what they're doing in mental health. None whatsoever. So you're doing all this shit and they go, I'm doing it for awareness. So are you telling me that most people are mentally retarded in a way that they don't know that mental health is a problem right now in this day and age? Well, yeah, they know that. So then what the fuck is awareness? Because the awareness is there. The awareness is already there. The mental health, like men's mental health and men's suicide and all that shit, fucking everyone knows about it. So the awareness is irrelevant. We got to stop justifying shit with this idea of awareness. Everyone knows about it. It's not like people going, men's suicide is happening. They go, oh fuck, I didn't know about men's suicide. Mental health is a problem. Oh fuck, wow, you've just surprised me with that information. Everybody knows this stuff. So it's not like, it's not there. The whole awareness thing is most people are just making themselves feel better by posting the shit because they go, I feel like I'm doing something. But then the question is, are you really doing something? Like, what have you actually done? You posted something. Cool. You didn't do anything. You just posted something. Like, that's all you've done. I think we need to get rid of that stuff firstly. Then the second thing is, like, talking about it. So talking about it is part of the solution, right? So first of all is we need to be aware of things. That's the first stage. Then the second stage for most people is they need to talk about stuff. So yes, talking about your problems is important, especially when you don't have the tools in order to solve your own problems. So let's just say you've got a problem, you talk through it with someone. Now, the question is, is that person intelligent enough to help you to resolve that issue? For most people, the answer is no. So you get home from work, you've had a shitty day, your mental health's all fucked up. Now, first of all, you know mental health's a problem. So then you get home, you talk about it with your partner. They go, oh, fuck, it sounds like you've had a bad day, you poor thing, cuddle, cuddle. Maybe you just need a beer. Maybe you need to sit down. Maybe you just need some chill time. Maybe you need a holiday. The question is, is that the best advice for that person? In most cases, the answer is no. So did they solve that problem? Did they resolve it? No. So now what, what can they do? They go to work tomorrow. They have another shitty day. They get home. Partner listens to this for three or four months. Then after a while, the partner starts to get pissed off and fed up because they're giving you advice and you're not really listening to it. But the advice is shit advice in the first place. So then the partner starts to get frustrated. You know, you come home every day, you're pissed off. I've told you to quit your job. But is quitting the job the problem? Or is there other things? Is there a lack of communication? Is there an inability to communicate? Is there an inability to deal with stress? Is it a completely normal thing that you're doing at work, but you don't perceive it as normal because you're stressed out all the time? Is it the culture's toxic? Like there could be a million different reasons. But most people don't know because they talk to things who don't have the skill set to be able to help navigate that conversation. So things like, are you okay day? Cool. You get to talk about your problems or you get to ask people, are you okay? No, I'm not. So what are you going to do? Okay, I'm going to call some hotline. Now, the question is, are those people on the hotline, are they highly competent enough to help you to resolve those issues? Now, in most cases, the answer is no. In most cases, even if you've got to go to a psychologist and a psychiatrist, are most of them self-aware enough and have most of them done their own work enough in order to grow effectively? And are they crushing it in their own life where they can help you to grow? The answer is no. In fact, the majority of them are in that space because they're mentally fucked up and are trying to find answers for themselves. And so because of that, they're now working with other people and they think that that's going to help benefit them. That's not how it works. In fact, there's this psychologist that every day she pops up and she's always complaining about something and it's so idiotic. 
the other day, the question she had was, does anyone have a problem when it comes to weekends and you say that you're not going to drink and then you end up sledged off your fucking whatever it was and then you've got a hangover again and all of this sort of stuff? And she's like, you know, this is a pattern that I'm going through and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, holy shit, this person can't even control their own drinking. And yet they're a psychologist. Like, I'm not saying that all psychologists are bad, but what I'm saying is that just because someone has done four years of a degree does not mean anything. It means that they have a qualification or an understanding of that knowledge. It doesn't mean that they apply it. That's a completely different thing. The application of something is completely different. Like I'm a qualified diesel mechanic. That doesn't mean that you should let me work on your tractor because I haven't touched it for 20 years, right? I haven't done anything in that industry for almost 20 years anyway. The other thing is I don't fucking enjoy it. So if I were to do it, I would do it and resent it, which means you wouldn't get a good job. The other thing is, am I highly qualified? Am I highly competent? Do I live for this shit? And the answer is no. Whereas some of the guys who come to our events who are diesel mechanics and who run their own companies now, they love that stuff. They live it, they breathe it, they eat it, they talk it. That's their thing. So are you better off getting your tractor or machinery fixed by them or me? Now, just because I'm qualified doesn't mean that I'm good at it. So just because someone has a university degree doesn't mean that they're competent. They've got a base level of understanding of a topic. Now, I'm not shitting on people with university degrees because in order to go to university and spend four years of studying, you've got to be dedicated to a point, right? And I'll give them credit for that. But when it comes to having a competency at a skill set, that's a completely different thing. And we've all worked with shit people who have certain degrees. I mean, I've worked with marketing people who have university degrees in marketing, and I don't even know why they paid for a fucking marketing degree. Like in all honesty, they should have just been on social media more often. They would have been way better off and had no degree. There are business degrees and the majority of people who do business degrees have never run a fucking business or have no idea how to run a business. And like Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Now, if you've got a university degree in let's say marketing, well, how do you go until you don't get paid until you deliver results? Now, most university graduates with a marketing degree would never, ever, ever consider working for free because most of them can't deliver to get results. And the majority of salespeople can't do it. The majority of business owners, they have to do it. So I have to work for free if I don't get results. Like if I don't sell shit and I'm not good at what I do, then I don't have people come to our events and I don't make money. That's because I get paid on what I deliver. Most people don't get paid on what they deliver. They get paid just because they get a wage. That's their expectation. So there are a lot of people out there who go to work, they have a job, they get paid by the government because a lot of this shit right now, being a health professional or a mental health professional is subsidized by the government. So you can be absolutely fucking shit at your job. You cannot implement anything that you've learned from any courses or any of the mental health courses and all that stuff. You don't even have to question it. So a lot of the stuff that is taught is absolute dog shit when you work with people, right? But they'll never question it because they just don't think to question it, right? Because they've just been indoctrinated into a system. They go, because I've been taught it, it has to be true. Or because there's a little bit of scientific research around it that they haven't even gone and checked or even had a background look of how the research was done, how it was developed, anything like that. They just go, because a professor said it, it has to be true. And so therefore they go out into the field, then they're now working with people. They don't really have people challenge them. They don't really have people critique their work. And so because of that, they just get complacent. They just do what they do every day. And so talking through this shit doesn't necessarily always help people. But the key here is that personal development has to be uncomfortable because it has to push your boundaries. It has to push you into challenging beliefs that are stopping you from getting where you want. It has to pull you out of the victim mentality. If you're someone who blames, complains, and justifies a lot of the shit that you do, you need someone who holds you accountable and says, stop that shit. Like when clients come to me to work with me or people come to my events, they go, oh, here's what happened. Here's my childhood. And I go, hey, stop it. Right? I get it. How many times have you said that story? And they go, oh, you know, yeah, but it's part of who I am. And I go, yeah, but so is your future goals and dreams. Talk about them. I want to hear about what your goals are, what your dreams are. What are the visions that keep popping up in your head? What's your purpose in life? What are your values? Do you set goals towards those things? And do you focus on those things? Do you spend 90% of your time 
talking about your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, and what you're going to do every day? Or do you talk about all your problems, your fears, your worries, your concerns, and your victimized state, and all the reasons of why you can't be who you want to be? Which one is it? Because if you're putting all your energy into talking about your past and all your justifications and you know, your dad was a shit bastard, which is the reason why now you can't do anything and you're crap at school, which is the reason why you can't learn anything and blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, cool. That's great. All you've done is you've just told me all the reasons why you don't want to succeed. That's it. Now, I know that that's harsh, but you're just telling me all the reasons why I don't want to succeed. Now, tell me the reasons why you want to succeed. Tell me the reasons why you're prepared to do whatever it takes in order to achieve that vision that keeps popping up in your head. Why? There's something inside of you that says that I can be better every day because if not, you wouldn't be talking to me in the first place. Like I know the people who are listening to this podcast, you would not be listening to this podcast with someone like me who is a straight shooter who does not fuck around with people. I do not fuck around with people and their mindset because there are so many people out there right now who are quite happy to justify their shitty lives in their shitty positions, doing the same shitty things and they're happy to go to some event and people go, oh, it's not that bad. Let's just burn some incense and put some crystals out and shit like that and everything will take care of itself. Good luck with that shit. Let's see where you're at in 10 years and let's see where the people who take this stuff seriously, let's see where they end up in 10 years. Now, I'm not saying that the crystals don't work and I'm not saying that the incense and all that stuff don't smell good and all that stuff because I love burning incense. I love the smell of that stuff. I put it on in my office sometimes and I have some crystals around the place in my office somewhere because I like that stuff. And also I know that based on the limited research that I've done on this, I also know that things like quartz crystals enhance certain frequencies and so on. Now, I'm not sure to what extent and what depth. I don't really know. I haven't done enough background research on it yet. But until I get the scientific data, I'm not 100% sure yet. So I'm not going to tell anyone to do that stuff. And I'm not saying that that's a solution to a fucking problem. All I'm saying is I'm not against it. But what I'm saying is if you're sitting around thinking that incense, some cards and shit on a desk with some pictures on it and flipping them over and saying, oh, this is why everything's happening and not taking responsibility for your shit is going to get the results that you want. I'm telling you that it won't because I've seen thousands upon thousands of people do this shit over the years. And people that I've spoken to, they keep going at all this stuff where they learn more and more, they buy more and more tarot cards, they buy more and more incense, they buy more and more crystals and their life is still fucked. They're still broke, their life is still shit. They go through stages where everything feels good, everything's going great, but then it all turns back to shit again and they wonder why they can't get out of it. The reason is because they're not taking responsibility for their shit. They're more worried about their past and feeling good than they are in regards to their future and pushing themselves. The only way that you can get results in life is you've got to challenge yourself. Nothing grows without challenge and stress and pressure. Things expand in the universe because of pressure. Things in nature grow because of stress. Everything grows because of stress. So trees grow the deepest roots in the harshest droughts. In a drought, if stress doesn't kill the tree, it'll tap down deep roots, which will not only hold it against harsh winds, but it will get down to water levels that are lower in the ground. If a drought doesn't kill a tree, it makes it stronger. Now, in your own life, if you're not going through shit and getting stronger, all that's happening is you're getting weaker. And most motherfuckers out there are getting weaker because they go and turn to other weak motherfuckers that all sit there and go, oh, you poor thing. It's not you. It's everybody else. It's everything else out there. Let's read some cards and all things going to turn around. Let's burn some incense. Let's chuck in some fucking crystals around the place. Let's go jump up and down and high five people for the next five days. And, you know, everything will be great. And you get out and you're highly motivated and you're cranked up. And, yeah, let's go hard. But what happens within two to three weeks? Are you still going as hard? Are you still going as hard in two months? Are you still going as hard in six months? Now, I'm not saying that that stuff doesn't work. Like the belief works, right? So if you think that crystals are going to make you feel better, they will make you feel better. If you don't think that they work, they probably won't work. Because, you know, if you just look at scientific studies, they use placebos. The reason why they use them is because belief is the most critical factor in almost everything, including healing, which is why they use a placebo. Why would you use a sugar tablet 
in order to test medical drugs if the belief wasn't a critical factor, like you just wouldn't do it. The belief is one of the most critical factors, which is why they use that stuff. So if the belief is that this stuff's going to take care of you and all that stuff, that's great. Use it for your benefit. I don't want to shit over everything like that. But what I'm saying is that just that alone will not get you the results, especially if you're unaccountable. You have to take accountability for this shit. And when you take accountability for things, it means that the responsibility falls on your shoulders. When you become responsible for things, you can change things. When you can change things, it means that things become harder because now you go, I'm responsible, I can change stuff, but I need to learn, I need to grow, I need to think differently, I need someone to hold me accountable, I need to push things and you'll grow. Now, coming back to the military stuff, when most of the people that I've worked with who have had either military PTSD or military depression, or you know, I've just come out of the military and felt lost and had identity crisis and all this stuff, it's quite common. One of the key things that most of them tell me that they hate is the thing that pisses them off more than anything is talking about their problems over and over and over again and not getting a solution. So it's just because that the therapist doesn't have the tools, which is the solution. And talking about a problem, if you just understand basic neuroscience, there's something called Hebb's Law. And I've debated many psychologists and many mental health practitioners and a lot of just generic publicans on this stuff. In psychology or in neuroscience, there's something called Hebb's Law or Hebbian theory. And that is that circuits in the brain that fire together, wire together. So the more you keep talking about problems, the more you keep firing a circuit, the more you keep firing the circuit, the more you keep wiring that circuit, the more you keep firing and wiring that circuit, the more it myelinates, which means it has a fatty tissue around it, which then means that it fires more rapidly, more consistently and more often. So the more you keep talking shit about your life and your problems and why everything's fucked up and the more you keep taking your victim stance, the more and more that circuit in your brain will keep firing off naturally. So you're trying to achieve these great goals and you want to get better out of yourself. But the next second, your brain fires off. You piece of shit, you're lazy. What about the past? What about all this stuff? And you're like, hang on brain, I wanna get results. And then you go to your therapist and your therapist goes, well, tell me about all this stuff. And you keep talking about that shit, the more and more it keeps firing and wiring it. You're actually making it stronger. So imagine going to the gym and lifting everything with your left arm and then complaining that your right arm is weak as piss. Well, why is your right arm weak? Because you're not lifting any weight with it. There's no stress on the right arm, but there's all this stress on your left arm, which is why it's developed. Think about your brain the same way. The habits that you keep reinforcing are the habits that get stronger. So the more and more you keep reinforcing a habit, the stronger that that circuit gets and the more readily it will fire off and the more consistently it will fire off. So you now go to create a new habit and your brain's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's keep firing that old circuit because that's a strong one. We do it every day. Try tomorrow to clean your teeth with your opposite hand. Watch what happens. You'll cut up all your gums. You'll be all fucked up. It'll take you like half an hour to brush your teeth because you're used to brushing your teeth with one arm consistently. And so your brain gets used to that. That's a habit. Now, if you try to use the opposite arm, it's like really out of control. Like your brain has trouble trying to coordinate it. It'll have trouble just figuring out how to do things. You'll start bashing into your lips. You'll get ulcers and stuff. I did this for a while, you know, a while ago just to see if I could train myself to do it. And it took me like a month or so to be able to do it effectively. And it was like, at first, I ended up with ulcers and cut gums and all that stuff because I just couldn't figure out how to clean my teeth properly. It was a bit of a pain in the ass. Now, if you've got an electric toothbrush, it's a little bit different. But try it. Just try it out and see what happens. Like, it's pretty awkward, especially when you're in a rush. And that's why I was getting ulcers because I was in a rush trying to clean my teeth and I'm smashing my gums and it was not fun. But my point is, is if you're trying to create a new circuit, you need someone who holds you accountable, who pushes you, and it will feel uncomfortable. That's real personal development. If you're going to someone who makes you feel good and your goal is, oh, I want to go and do a course because I want to feel better and I want to learn some stuff, then are you really going there to feel better or are you going there to really learn stuff? Because if you're going to learn stuff in order to learn something new, it's got to challenge you, not just reinforce shit that you've already known. And I've done this many, many times. Like I spent probably three to four years in the spirituality community and I was out there, I was doing all the incense and all of that cool shit and whatever. I got to a point where I was like, I'm not getting the results that I want. I'm not achieving the things. 
And what I didn't realize was I'd counter-corrected for something that had happened before. You've heard me talk on this podcast before about how everything has to try and maintain balance or some form of balance. And sometimes that balance just takes years to go back into balance. So I went from being really hardcore, almost atheistic, where I didn't believe that anything that wasn't proven scientifically doesn't exist. And so I was just this hardcore dipshit motherfucker who was out there, you know, this is the truth, this is, and I was black and white in my thinking, I was very opinionated. And so I was heavily one-sided. But the more and more I did that, the more and more I kept burning out, the more and more I'd fall apart, I'd have these mental destructive behaviors, and I was still using a lot of alcohol, drinking a lot, my eating wasn't the best. But also as well, like I was overtraining massively, I was so worried about what other people thought about me and all that stuff as well. And then so I swung to this other side where spirituality offered me all of the things that I was looking for, which was like inner peace and calmness and just to calm down and to let everything settle and everything's nice and we'll get along. Whereas before I was like, I'm aggressive, fuck you, fuck that, which I've still got a bit of. I think I'm a lot more balanced. Like I don't really care what people think and I'm happy to have confrontation, but providing it's productive confrontation and we're moving forward in a direction where we both grow versus back in the day, I was just, this is my opinion. I don't give a fuck what you think and I'm not even going to acknowledge what you think. I'm just going to smash you in between the eyes because I think you're a knobhead. That's how I was and that's non-productive. So then I went to this other side where I was around this spirituality community you know, everything was going to be easy. All I had to do was just manifest things. I just had to think about things and things would work. And so I spent probably tens of thousands of dollars going to these seminars and these workshops and I'd sit around, I'd meditate. And then after a while, I'm like, hang on, I'm still fucked up here. Like inside my own mind, I want peace. But the more I kept wanting peace, the more I felt like I wasn't achieving anything and the more I hated myself. But when I would start to work and push hard, I felt like I was out of my peace and out of my balance. So then I would go back to just being relaxed and calm and not really being responsive to things and not really pushing too hard. That wasn't really my style either. So I just didn't know where my place was. And I think over the years, I've come back into a balanced place where I think I'm quite accepting of most people. I don't really hate anybody. I'll be pissed off at the way some people act and I'll hold them accountable to that. But at the same time, I don't really hate a person. Like I don't hold grudges against people. I know that everyone's just doing the best with what they've got. But at the same time, I know that I'm provocative enough in order to make people think about the shit that they do in order to help themselves to grow. And at the end of the day, whether someone grows or not, that's not my thing. I'm more focused on my own life and achieving my own results. And part of that is helping people to achieve their results. So I've got to make sure that people, when they come to our events, are already pre-qualified. Like, I hope that the podcast scares a few people off. Because if I'm scaring you off with the way that I communicate and the pressure that I create, then you're going to die in my events because I'll fucking kill you. I don't mean that in a bad way. But what I mean is like, when I start to show you how to use the tools, you've got to have responsibility and accountability to use those tools. Now, if you consistently bitch and moan and I'm not getting the results, it's not the tools that I'm giving you because I know that they work. I've used them with tens of thousands of people. The data's there, the research is there, everything's there. So I know that it works and I've used it more times on myself than any other person. I know that this stuff works. It's transformed my life, which is why I'm so dedicated to it. So everything's there. The one thing that stops people getting the results is themselves. And I know that and they know that. So the thing is that if they don't want to be accountable to that and they don't really want to get the growth and they're just fucking around and fluffing around and they, oh, I just want to come to an event to learn things, they're not going to really get the results that they want from my events. Because normally when someone wants to come to my events, they're driven, they've got a greater purpose, they want to get the best out of themselves, but they also know that they need a little external push. I will never in my events attack someone. I've seen people do this where they've gone really volatile and attacked the shit out of someone in a live event. I won't do that because I understand where people are coming from and people have different circumstances and so on. What I do is I'll support people to grow 
But what I won't support is their bullshit. Like I know that there are plenty of business owners that I work with who go through tough times and I'm always there for them. In fact, I had a conversation with one of them last night's gone through a bit of a challenge and I'm supportive and nurturing. And when I walked out, Jess said, do you know that's what I love about you is that you're very caring and nurturing when you need to be. But also as well, you like kick people's ass when you need to as well because you know how to get the best out of them. And I'm like 100%. And she said, I don't really see that with many people. They're either over nurturing or they're over like too much of a prick. And she said, you're very good at navigating with an individual how to get the best out of them and which button to push it what time when they need it. I guess I would agree with that in a way. Some people just need a little bit of support and then a little bit of a nudge and then other people just need a big ass whooping and then other people need a lot more support. It all depends. What most people crave is normally the thing that is destructive to them. So there are a lot of people out there who crave support and they're like, you know, I just need support. I just need support. But they're over-supported and that over-support creates weakness. And that weakness creates a lot of reliance upon other people. And you see this in children. Children that are over-supported become codependent. And so this is where you see a 40-year-old who still lives at home with their fucking mum who can't look after themselves or who can't leave the nest because they're just incapable of doing that. That's what happens. Whereas if you see a child that is consistently challenged, they tend to leave home early and they tend to be very self-reliant. And then you've got everybody in between. In life, we need this balance or some form of symmetry between challenge and support. So I try to bring that into my coaching as well and understand that to get someone the best results, they need to be challenged but they also need support in the right places and you need to know when to do it. And so I want to provide an environment that's safe for people. I want to provide an environment and I do provide an environment that's safe for people. But at the same time as well, I'm not there to babysit and put up with people's bullshit because especially in an event, when someone just keeps reinforcing the same bullshit, everyone else in the event knows it as well. The only person who doesn't know it is the person who's trying to hide it. And they just create a veil over their own head where they're trying to disguise something that they don't think other people can see through. After having worked with tens of thousands of people, if you give me two minutes with someone, I can tell you pretty much most of their problems. I can tell you their values, their beliefs. There's a lot of stuff. Like if you just listen to someone communicate, I can probably go to someone's social media page and within like two minutes, give you a pretty quick breakdown of what I would perceive are probably some of their biggest blocks or some of their biggest obstacles. Now I can't do that with everybody. Like that would be pretty ignorant. But for someone who posts fairly regularly, if I quickly look through their page, I can tell you what their bottlenecks and blocks are. So it's pretty obvious because this is my skill set. This is what I'm great at. Just like a mechanic, you ring up a mechanic and you go, I've got this type of car. And they go, oh yeah, that's common. They know, right? I know common human behavior patterns because I see it all the time. And people are pretty fucking common and they're pretty predictable. You know, human behavior is not that complicated, especially when you've been studying it at the level that I've studied it at. You can normally see through things pretty quickly and people can try to bullshit you and a lot of them do. But when I hold them accountable and show them that I know, they normally drop their guard and then they're like, okay, cool. And then you can get to work and really help them. My point is personal development should be a little bit uncomfortable it should create pressure and it should create an accountability for your future results. When it's the other way around and it keeps reinforcing and supporting old bad habits and old bad patterns and it keeps reinforcing shit that keeps you stuck, yet it makes you feel good in the moment, you're going to become codependent, you're going to rely upon that stuff and you're going to get stuck. And I've seen it happen time and time and time and time again. Unfortunately, a lot of the mental health industry and a lot of the psychology industry is based on those principles. I don't like it. I don't think it works. I don't think it's that effective. And from what I've seen, having people who've come to the events who are suicidal, who are depressive and all that stuff, the greatest gift that you can give someone is their self-worth and showing them you're better than this. And once you show them that and you give them an insight into what they have the capacity of being and what they know is inside of them, normally everything starts working out. When you sit there and you keep reinforcing patterns like, you know, my dad beat me and, you know, this happened and I was sexually abused when I was a kid and... This is the reason why I can't get the results that I want. I was dumb at school and I was dropped out and you sit there and you listen to it and you go, okay, well, shit, you know, it's bad. And when you keep doing that, all you do is you reinforce that pattern and it keeps digging them deeper into the world, even though the intention is to support them. 
And so I'm not saying that people who do that have bad intentions. That's not what I'm saying at all. They actually have the best of intentions. They just don't have the right tools and the right understanding in order to drive someone to get better results. So that's my opinion on the whole thing. I know I'm probably gonna be attacked for it. I know that there's gonna be a heap of people out there who are gonna share this shit with a bunch of their fucking victimized friends and stuff and they're all gonna sit around and fucking hate upon me and probably attack me online and who knows. I get it. If that makes them feel better, they'll feel good for a couple of weeks or a couple of months while they're attacking me and then they'll go attack someone else or whatever because it just stops them from attacking themselves inside their own mind for a short period of time. The people who get real results don't have to worry about that stuff because they'll listen to the podcast and they'll navigate their thoughts and their ideas in a way that'll be constructive to them and go, hang on, where's the truth in this? Am I doing this stuff and is what I'm doing working? And in most cases, when you can ask those questions and you can really ask yourself those questions, this is one of the hardest things that you will ever have to do if you're listening to this. When you go to justify a belief that you have, so there'll be people out there who go, I don't believe this shit. Okay, so let's navigate this. So if you don't believe it, what makes you not believe it? What specifically that I said was it that provoked what you believe? So that's the first question. Then the second question is, is what you're currently doing based on the beliefs that you had working or not working? And is it getting the result 100% of what you really want? And if the answer is no, then you know the belief's not working for you and it's time to challenge that belief. Now, I'm not saying that you might have the right answer and the right belief to install straight away. But what I'm saying is, if you're justifying your position because it makes you feel good in the moment, yet keeps you stuck and fucks up your life, they're more for you because you're doing it to yourself because you're getting something out of that. And most people get the thing that they really want, which is attention. They get support, they get nurturing, and they get to feel like they're fitting into something, even if that means that it's destructive and will destroy their whole lives and their mental health. Whereas I don't know that that's the greatest position to be in. I think that it is a lot better to walk alone for a while until you start to find another tribe of people who hold you accountable to your greatness. And that might be uncomfortable for a while, but at the same time, it'll be the best thing that ever happened to you. And I can only go back and reflect upon my journey where back when I was younger, I was so ignorant and I was stupid and I was an absolute dickbag where, you know, I used to think personal development was stupid. I would see the ads on TV. I remember back in the day seeing Tony Robbins ads and I'm like, fuck this guy, fuck him, what a wanker, like who would go to this shit? But I was just an idiot. But at the same time, I believed that the news was real. I would watch the news every night. I'd watch the five o'clock news, the six o'clock news and so on. And I thought that I was intelligent. I watched a current affair and I thought that I was smart because I was watching that stuff. And I thought this was when I was at school, like I was a kid and I'd watch that stuff. And I'm like, I'm smarter than the kids at school because I'm watching the news and shit. They were doing homework and getting more intelligent. I was watching the news and getting more indoctrinated into a fucked up system that keeps people trapped. Then I remember the moment where I was lying in bed at nighttime. I had chronic fatigue. I had night sweats where I would wake up in the middle of the night just sweating my ass off. I was living back at home with my parents because my ex-girlfriend had left me because I was an absolute dick. Also, she was highly toxic. We are both highly toxic and we're in a highly toxic relationship. But I got home one day, all my shit was gone. I thought that we'd been robbed. And then I realized that she'd left and took most of the shit that I'd bought. And I was the only one working and she wasn't working at the time. And so I moved back in at home with my mum and my dad. And I never really got along with my mum. She was extremely volatile and quite aggressive towards me as well. Now, when I look back and realize that that was the best thing that ever happened to me, because she just held me accountable. And she fucking grew me on everything that I did, like literally grew me. It was like living with a drill sergeant. She just fucking hammered me. And it was like being in military boot camp, but for like, you know, first 18 years of my life. And then I left and then I came back home at like, you know, around about 21 or something, you know, when I'd broken up in the relationship. And so I was back at home for a couple of months. But again, I moved back in at home with a drill sergeant who just fucking hammered me all the time. And so I'm sitting at home thinking, I fucking hate my life. My girlfriend's left. Like, you know, I'm a loser. I don't have any value. I just left my job as a diesel mechanic. I just started working in the personal training industry. You know, I had no money coming in. 
I'm like broke as shit. I'm having to borrow money off mum to put fuel in the car. And borrowing money off my mum was like borrowing money off the mafia. Like if I didn't pay her back on time, like I was expecting to get a fucking horse head in my bed. Either that or, you know, one day she'd rock up with a knife standing out front of my door going, give my cash. She's not that bad, but she was pretty bad growing up and she was quite strong-minded. But looking back now, it was probably the best thing that ever happened, which is why I'm so driven now and so probably competent and I push hard now because of what I was given as a child. I would never change it. Whereas back then I thought it was like the worst thing that ever happened to me and, you know, I thought that I was unloved and all of this stuff. So I'm lying on bed at nighttime. I'm lying there. I'm sweating. I can't sleep and I'm watching TV. I'm literally watching the ads on TV at nighttime. And Tony Robbins came up and he's talking about this program that will change your life. And I was like, fuck, you know, something's got to change. And something just clicked inside my head and I thought, you know, something's got to change. I got out of bed, I checked my bank account and the program at the time was $229. When I checked my bank account, I had about $235 in my bank account. And I also knew that I had to put fuel in my car. Now, back then I had a WH Statesman Caprice. That Caprice took, I think it had like a 90 liter fuel tank in it. I can't remember, it was like, fucking crazy. It was off its face. Like back in the day, I had like the wildest car. And I always had the wildest cars because I spent money on cars instead of drugs. Whereas a lot of my friends spent money on drugs and not cars. And so they always had shit cars, but you know, good parties. I had good cars, but you know, maybe not the best nights that they had. And so to put money in this car was quite expensive. And I was sitting there thinking, shit, do I put fuel in my car in the morning to get to work? Or do I buy this program? And I sat there for like 10 or 15 minutes and the ad kept going. And it's like, right, if you haven't done so, buy this product now, this, you know, limited time offer or whatever. And I guess they all say that, but I was like, shit, something's got to change. Something's got to change. And I walked out to the kitchen, grabbed the phone, being really, really quiet. Cause I knew if I woke mum and dad up, mum would come out and blast me to shreds. So I go back to the room. It was back in the old days when the mobile portable home phones came out. So I pick it up. I go to my bedroom. I call the number, put in my credit card details and bang them in. Then I had to go and ask mum in the morning for petrol money and told her like, I just didn't have the money to get to work and then had to pay her back. But I got this audio product. And when I started listening to it, the first thing that they said was, you've got to find things you're grateful for. And I walked around the block for about three to four mornings. I would wake up and I would go to work and I would come home mid-morning and I'd go for a walk. When I would listen to this audio product, I remember the morning that it happened. I was walking down this street and it was the first morning that I actually realized that I had legs and that I was grateful for having legs because there were some people out there who didn't have legs and couldn't walk. That was like the first moment of gratitude that I had after like three or four days of listening to this same audio product on repeat trying to find something that I was grateful for. It was like disc one. And that's where I started from. And all my friends are like, you're a fucking idiot because I'm talking about this stuff now and I'm getting all excited about it. And like, you know, this is benefiting me. And they're like, you're a fucking idiot. Why would you waste that money? Yeah, they're standing there gambling on the dogs. They're literally at the TAB gambling on the dogs. And all I kept thinking was like, I can be better. But I also knew that it was gonna be really uncomfortable. And that's where it all started from. So I understand that there are a lot of people out there who don't know any better, don't know what to do, and are really just quite unsure. But the thing is, if nothing changes, nothing ever changes. And if you're not consistently pushing yourself and you're always looking for external validation and you're trying to fit in and all that sort of stuff, you'll keep going down to the lowest common denominator. And right now in our society, we have this whole thing of the lowest common denominator. Like we give participation awards. Why? Because we don't want to upset the kid who's shit. That's really what it comes down to. Like the kid's shit at sport, but hang on, we'll give him a fucking trophy. The kid's shit at school. So therefore we'll lower the standards. You know, in the military, in the US military, they changed the standards between males and females in the military. And they did that because too many women were failing in military boot camp. And so they changed the way that the exercises had to get done. So originally they used to have to do chin-ups from my understanding. And so they changed the chin-up metric because it was like 68 or 86% of females or whatever were failing. So then what they did was they lowered the chin-up standard, which now meant that the standard got lowered for the participants just in general. 
But then what happened was there was still such a discrepancy between males and females. There was a, such a discrepancy that they got rid of it and they just did a push up and then they went to a plank hold to try to get rid of that discrepancy. Now, I'm not saying that that's a good or a bad thing, so I don't want anyone to blow it out of context. My point is that in our society, we keep lowering shit to the lowest common denominator. Now, I'm not saying that in the military, just having a standard of a physical standard is important because it depends on the job and the job role and all that stuff. I understand that. But if you've got something like if I'm in a platoon where I have to go and invade another country's military base and I've got a bunch of people, we've all got to carry shit. I don't want to be carrying shit for a bunch of other people because they're too weak to be able to carry the shit that they should be able to carry. That's not fair. And that's not reasonable for the job role that is required to do that job. And I assume that the military can be very taxing, especially in some of the things. But there might also be roles where that's not required. And so those standards may need to be differed. My point is, is that if we keep lowering our standards to lowest common denominators to make people feel good about themselves and to not make people feel shit, then you're not going to have people who improve. The reason why I am where I am today is because I felt like the world's biggest piece of shit and I hit rock bottom. And rock bottom was the best thing for me. If I didn't have people like my mum around who, now I'm not saying my mum would say this, but essentially she would come across like this. If I said to her back in those days, I feel like a loser piece of shit, she'd say that's probably because the way you're acting is exactly like that. And if you don't want to feel like a loser piece of shit, then do things that make you not a loser piece of shit. So figure that out. That would almost be the persona of my mum back in the day. If I look back at the time, if she'd said that to me, I wouldn't have known how to deal with it. And I probably would have been quite upset because I'd expect that my mum supports me without realizing that she was supporting me in a way that made me better myself versus in a way that supports me by nurturing me but then makes me feel good about the shitty choices that I make. I think the thing that I love about my mum now looking back is that she did really hold me to a higher standard than everybody else. And I don't think she put pressure on anyone as high as what she put pressure on me. But the great thing looking back now, back then I felt like her expectations in life were crushing me. Now I realize it's because she held me to a greater standard. Maybe she saw something in me unconsciously that I never saw in myself. And so my point is, is that if you're around people who are holding you to a very low standard, and they support you for a very low standard. Is that because they don't see your gifts? Is that because they don't see what you're capable of? Something that has got me in trouble quite a lot, especially in the hiring process, is that I see people for what they have the capacity to be. I think maybe that comes from my mum with the way that she handled me. And so I really think that if you have the ability to be better than the way you currently are, you deserve to be pushed in order to be that thing. And so I will push people. I will nurture people. I will challenge people. I will push people to grow. Because I really do believe that if I believe that someone has the capacity to be better, I will push them to get that. And I will give them all the tools that are needed to be that thing that they really need to be. So my point of this podcast is that if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're someone who wants to better yourself in life, then go and do personal development, invest in that. But understand that personal development isn't personal reinforcement. If you keep reinforcing the same shitty patterns that you've always had and you're around people who don't hold you to a higher standard and they're not pushing you or making you feel uncomfortable, to a point, like you shouldn't feel uncomfortable where you just feel like, you're being told that you're a loser piece of shit and you're never going to get anywhere in life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that if you're not around people who go, hey, you're better than this, let's come on, let's keep moving forward. And you go, yeah, but you don't understand. But back in my past, you're like, hang on, stop. Stop talking about the past. Let's move towards the future. If you don't want to repeat the past and you don't want your future to look like the past, then stop fucking talking about it. Let's talk about the future. Let's move into the future. Let's create the future. Let's go. And that's the direction you want to be heading in. Whereas most of our society don't do that. They keep reinforcing a lot of these patterns and the personal development industry is synonymous with this shit. So please be very, very careful of it. Go and find people who you want to learn from and go and find people who get the best out of you. And that means getting uncomfortable with them. Anyway, Driven Mofos, have a great day. I hope these podcasts are inspiring to you and that they are helping you to get the best out of yourself. If you're loving these podcasts, please remember to rate and review them. And remember this week, just to share it with one person. Send them a text. 
chuck it up on your Facebook page, tag me in it if you want as well. I do appreciate it when you do tag me in it. I know that a few of you have been tagging me in the podcast, especially on your Facebook pages and on your Instagram stories and stuff like that. I really do appreciate it. And I'll send you a message and say thank you and have a bit of a chat. Like that's my way of giving back to each and every one of you who share this stuff. And I get messages from people who go, hey, this person put me onto the podcast. I know who's sharing it, who's not sharing it because I go on, I look at the stats every day and so on. I look at where it's being shared and so on. So I really do appreciate each and every one of you who are sharing this, who are getting it out there. I think society is way too weak at the moment. I think there are way too many people who are being softened instead of strengthened. I think that if I can get out there and I can help people to believe in themselves more, to push themselves more and to get the best out of themselves based on what they have the capacity to become, I think I'm doing a great job. And I hope this podcast is doing that. Anyway, have a great day, Driven Mofos. Thanks for being part of the community. Keep pushing hard. See you next time.